0: I want to talk, I I love saying this phrase, I want to talk briefly (laughs) on the topic of, and y'all know that briefly is really not in my vocabulary, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to get, uh, hurry and get you out of here before one or two, because I got to go eat before the meeting, so, uh, you know. Uh, I want to talk to you, the last few weeks I've been talking to you about identity, Two weeks ago, I talked about just identity, who you are. and Last week, I talked about stolen identity. Uh, we, Many of you in here had had some form of your identity stolen, whether it be a credit card or social security number or something like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, today I want to talk to you about a total different subject that you can, you can use um, to help others with. And how many of you know the body of Christ, we should take what we learn and help others as well. There's parts of it that you take, and it's for you. And then the other parts that you take and you give to someone else, that's called spreading the gospel. Amen. So today I want to talk to you on the topic of confused identity. Confused. So we had identity, stolen identity, and today is confused identity. So I want to go ahead and tell you up front I'm going to talk about a few things, and if you think your child is, has not been exposed yet, you might want to let them go, and I'm being as serious as I can possibly be. Um, I'm going to talk about some things that's going on in the world. They probably already heard it if they're more than four years old, but I want to let you know that, so uh, you, you, you won't be, I, won't, I don't want to offend you, and you're not going to offend me if you... Um, have your child go out. I won't be explicit on things, but I do want you to know I'm going to use some terminology uh, that is uh, it's appropriate for our church. But at the same time, um, just in case you're wondering, does little Johnny, his precious little ear says he heard that. Or little Susie. Probably so. They probably know more than what you think, but uh, I want to give that up to you. First, I want to start with this. <clears throat> Uh, I don't know if you've been listening to the news much lately, but this goes right along with my message today. Um, This is in the headlines of the Topeka Capital Journal in Topeka, Kansas. I want to read a, a short article here. It simply says this, A former middle school math teacher has won a settlement with the district after a dispute over Christian teachers' treatment of LGBTQ students. Pamela Richard won $95,000 in damages and legal fees in the settlement with Greer County School District. Her attorneys announced this on Wednesday. The lawsuit was subsequently dismissed. Richard was a teacher at Fort Riley Middle School, a public school in the U.S. Army base at Fort Riley, located about 60 miles outside of Topeka. Uh, I think her name's Richard. I think the way they say it. Uh, but Richard has since retired after teaching in the district since 2005. Richard was represented by attorneys of the Kansas based uh, law firm, and Nay Law Group, and uh, the, the uh, National Alliance Defending Freedom. The settlement comes after Rick Richard won a preliminary injunction in May in <clears throat> indicating she was likely to prevail on her First Amendment claim that she had a legitimate, uh, that, he, that the that they had litigated the process. <clears throat> District Judge Holly Teeters ordered, block this school from disciplining, now listen, this is where it gets good, from disciplining Richard if she revealed names and pronouns of her transgender students when communicating with their parents. At the time, Richard, who had uh, two transgender students in her class, neither of whom had authorized the district, listen to this, she had two students and neither of them had authorized the district. The students, not the parents, the students. Neither of them whom had authorized the district to disclose their names or pronouns to their parents plaintiff believes that addressing students one way at school and a different way when speaking to their parents is dishonest. Kinda. Teeter's order said um, being dishonest violates her sincere religious beliefs. Yeah, that's just one. There's hundreds if not thousands of these articles you can just go find where kids are being taught and pushed one way about who they are or who they are not and they're living a, under a false identity, a confused identity at school being called Little Joe when, when they're really Little Jane or vice versa. Now this is going on today in, in, in your system, in your world, in this world in this corner of Southeast Arkansas, believe it or not, I guarantee it. It's happening. Amen. So, <clears throat> uh, there's this an, another word that I want to I want to use here, um, and I may say it a little wrong, but I have a doctor here that can help me. Anthropomorphic. Pretty good. Okay. Do you know what that word means? I, 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 I really didn't know what that word really meant, so I looked it up because, you know, I got Webster's Dictionary right there on the iPad, so I look it up. What does that really mean? I have an idea what I think it means, but when I looked it up, it didn't mean what I thought it meant. But watch this. This is what it means. Ascribing human characteristics to non-human things. Okay? So let me give you an example of something that's going on. I'm talking about confused identity. You'll be able to help your children or your grandchildren or great-grandchildren should the Lord return or a friend or a neighbor with what I'm going to teach you today. Anybody heard of furries? How many furries? Anyone else? Furries? You've heard of furries? We ain't talking about your pet. Furries, let me tell you what, furries. Furries are people who create an identity as an animal. (laughs) You you, you find all this on what I've looked at, I've done much research, called uh, fursana. Not persona, but fur, if you are, fursana. And connect with other people who do the same. The fursana, fur, fursana, component of the furry, was very interesting to me, says Roberts, who is a psychologist, said about why she first began researching it. It usually is an emulation of some sort of animal or animals, and it can be a hybrid, and they have the attributes that they appreciate. It could be physical. It could be spiritual. So this persona represents often an idealized version of who somebody wants to be. I've never in my life ever wanted to be a dog <laughs> cow horse nothing now I'm not making fun but I am funny this is real stuff and people really deal with this we can call it mental disorder whatever I don't even know what, if they've even, what they're going to label this under really it's labeled under normal Do you know there's some schools that have? I'm not kidding you. You can go read it. I I didn't. I didn't put it in my notes to give you where I found it. So so, because I wasn't going to say it, but I think I'm going to say it. There's schools that have places that have litter boxes in the school system, so that if your child comes and dresses up like a furry, that they can go to the litter box instead of the bathroom. Isn't it crazy? This crazy stuff. Jesus, Jesus, come quickly, Lord. This lawsuit is, they're they're doing the same thing with this one particular instance I gave you where they're not wanting their parents to know this stuff. Can you say that there's some confused identity going on? You know what? I just got to believe that some of these kids that are confused identity have set many church services. I believe their parents have sat in many church services. I believe that some of these parents are saved on the way to heaven. But confused identity creeps in to a child. Do you know that I've done some research that by the age of three that a child, age three, one, two, three, one, one, three, three. By the age of three that children have pretty much, I won't say guaranteed, but pretty much set in their heart, their identity. By three. And somehow we think in the church, we're supposed to babysit them till they're 13. Turn them over to a youth pastor, and if he's not some kind of wild, pizzow kind of person and doesn't change their heart, it's the youth pastor, church fault, and parents is off the hook. Your kids stay in this church in the nursery until they're two. Two-thirds of that age already is wasted (laughs) by three. Now, this is just research. Uh, You could probably confirm or uh, deny that. We're in a battle, church. We're in a fight. We are in a fight for our kids. We are in a fight for our grandchildren. We are in a fight for the second, third, and fourth generation. Should Jesus tarry, you and I are in a fight. And it's time we start recognizing and quit closing our eyes to what's going on out out in the world and and coming to church thinking, well, we shouldn't talk about it. Friend, if it's in the world, we ought to be talking about it and preaching against it in the church. That's where we've shied away from it. We don't want to offend people. We don't want to hurt people. I do not want to hurt one person's feelings ever. That is never my intentions. But if your feelings get hurt because we preach this gospel, so be it. Amen? So let's look at some things that's going to just absolutely blow you away. I knew some of this stuff, but wow, I did not know some of this stuff. So I'm here to help you today to show you how we can spread the gospel. How many of you know Matthew 28, 19 says we're supposed to spread that gospel. We're supposed to go make disciples. And how will you make disciples if you don't know the gospel, amen? And there is no confused identity when it comes to God. He didn't didn't look down when he made me and say, man, I I wish I'd have done something different. As crazy as this is, as messed up as I am, He didn't scratch his head, call and say, boy, I messed up on that one. He definitely didn't say, I should should have made another girl there. I should have made, you know, that was going to be old Duke, the old dog Duke. I made it messed up. I just hit the wrong button and made a human. That's what, we, that's what we think God has done to these kids. We, well, get, You know, God just, he just made a mistake. You're really, I know you have, again, I'm, I'm trying to be appropriate. I know you have outdoor plumbing, but you're really a little girl. And, and I made a mistake. But inside, if you're a little girl, you feel, you feel like that. You know, I made a mistake. You're going to be a little girl. That's not what the Word of God teaches us. The Word of God tells us that, he is, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made that you're made in his image. He didn't make a mistake, church. He does not make mistakes. Confused identity. Well, what is confused identity? It's when someone looks in the mirror and is not sure what they see, physically, mentally, or emotionally. That's confused identity. When you look in the mirror and you don't know who you are physically, I mean, Emotionally or mentally, I understand sometimes. I mean, there's sometimes I don't feel saved. <laughs> I smashed my finger with a hammer. I got a little black spot right right there. It's just a little old bitty thing. I mean, it's not very big at all. I'm going to, do you see that? Just a little bitty. Yeah, it's not, very big. not very big. It sure does. I had this finger between a wrench and a piece of metal with an impact on the top. I thought the wrench was going to turn that away and it turned this away and pinched my precious finger. I must confess to you that I did not quote Bible scriptures. Now I didn't cuss out loud. Jesus, I'm just saying, sometimes you don't feel like you're safe. Sometimes you don't, you, you remember that song, feel like a woman? I never had that feeling, but I mean, you know, you. sometimes you don't feel like you are who you are. Sometimes you don't feel like what God says you are. Sometimes you don't feel like that you're an overcomer. You feel like you've been defeated. You don't feel like that you're light. You feel like you're darkness, right? So you look in the mirror and you don't really know who you are. You know why you don't know who you are? Because we don't have a grasp of who God is to us. There's no doubt in my mind who my father is. I'm not talking about that father. I'm talking about my biological father. There's no doubt in my mind who my father is. I know who he is. I can hear his voice say, that's him. I, I can hear a quote say, my father used to say that. I, I repeat a lot of his quotes. If you pay attention in here, you know that. I, I, I know who he is. Without a doubt, I don't have to see him. I can almost walk into a room with my eyes closed. and see, He's 77 years old, and I've been around him most of my life. You know, he, We do live apart, but I mean... And I can walk into the room and I can almost know it's him walking across the floor by the way he walks. The way those cowboy boots click on that floor. Almost. I can know his voice when I hear him clear his throat. Because I've spent time with him. I can walk in a room with my eyes closed, Ralph, and if he's close by, I can smell what my father smells like. I know that smell. Old Spice. I just know that because I spent time with him. Church, I want to encourage you, it's time that we start spending time with the Father so we know who we are, so we can teach our kids who he is, so they'll know who he is, so they won't go to school and be confused whether they're a little rabbit or a dog or a cat or something else. It's time. We understand that we do not, as a born-again, blood-bought believer, we are not, do not have a confused identity in Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. So I want to give you six common, six of the more common. I don't even know. I quit counting. I don't know how many of these gender identities that they are. I really do not know. They just keep adding. So I'm going to yeah plus that's the L G B T Q plus. Look, I do not if if some look, I've had homosexuals in my family. I, I, I get it. I get the struggle, I understand. I'm not against that person. But I am against that sin. I'm against the Satan. I'm against Satan who has driven that behind them and has pushed them into that. I hate that as much as I hate a, a, a drug addict, uh, the drugs that, that because of drug addicts has called people to be into that. I hate that sin just as much. I hate lust and pornography just the same. So, but today we're talking about our identity. Okay? So don't leave here and say, well, the pastor really beaten up on. I am not beaten up on anyone, because if, if anybody's got to be beat up on, I gotta be first in line. Because I got my stuff. I got my stuff. Amen? You know what sets us apart, should set us apart from everyone else? We know who our Redeemer is. We know who in Christ that we are. And when we can get that church, we can do great things. Amen? Yeah. Six of the more common gender identities. Number one, um, agender, like A-G-E-N-D-E-R, agender, agender. gender says, uh, this is the definition. Also called genderless, gender-free, non-gendered, or ungendered. These are those who identify as having no gender or gender identity or no gender identity at all. How is that possible? I'm just genderless. What? Now, to common-thinking people, (laughs) you think... Do you have a full-length mirror in your house at all? Have you ever been naked in front of that full-length mirror at your house? You will find that you are one of the other. You, You have a gender. Regardless of whether we think we do or not, you do have a gender. Two opposite genders get together and we have a brand new baby on the way. Right? That's how that works. If you were wondering... Two different genders. You got. You're not genderless. This is a common term. You don't have to be anything. This is what. These are common gender identities. Here's another one. I, I've. Got, I got scriptures here in a minute. I'm, I, don't despair with me. Gender queer. People who challenge binary social constructions of gender often self-identify as gender queer. In addition, an umbrella term for non-binary gender identities, is gender queer, has been used as an, objective <clears throat> or as an adjective to refer to people who are perceived to transcend, transcend or diverge from traditional distinctions of gender, regardless of their age or gender identity. Reading all that got me confused to who I was reading about. Amen. Gender queer. Well, that means. It's odd. Queer means odd, okay? So, I'm a boy. I'm genderqueer, so I won't be a girl. But I know I'm a boy, so I'm genderqueer. I'm just odd. I'm an odd girl. No, you're an odd boy, too. <laughs> you're just odd. Genderqueer. These terminologies, what, if you hear these, listen to me. Can I speak into your life, into your heart, into your home? Can I, can, I, can I open up your front door and holler at you just a minute in a good way? Pay attention to these terms I'm telling you today. And if you hear these terms floating around and coming out of your children's ears, uh, mouth, you need to pay attention. Find out what's going on. Look, there, there's, wow, there's a, just so many of them. Bigender. Bigender. B-I, bi-gender, or dual gender. People who have two gender identities and behaviors. Identifying as a bigender is typically understood to mean that one identifies as both male and female or moves between masculine gender expression and fem- feminine gender expression. Having two distinct gender identities simultaneously or fluctuating between them. It'll be whatever you want to be. Whenever you want to be, whatever crowd you want to be around is what that's saying. just whatever. You can fluctuate back and forth. Oh, you like that dress? Well, you wear that dress and you're a girl. Well, you get around your buddies, oh, you can be a boy. Put on your overalls. Amen? Watch. This is um, <clears throat> bi-gender, dual gender. Um, now, this is different. Here's another terminology. This is different than gender fluid as those who identify as gender fluid may not go back and forth between any fixed gender identities and may experience an an entire range of spectrum of identities over time. You think, these people aren't confused. You you don't really, you you can't go back and forth. But you can identify over time as many different things. Do you know there's also uh, a gender now that you can identify as plants? I've never wanted to be a tree or a plant. Oh, Golly, this is crazy. I cannot believe I'm preaching this message in the church. I, I cannot believe I'm having to preach this because it's in the world so rampant right now and it's coming at our kids. Here's trans feminine is a term for any person, binary or bi- non-binary, who was assigned male at birth and has a predominantly feminine gender identity or presentation. not that crazy? Let me read that one again. Transfeminine is a term for any person, binary or non-binary, who was assigned male at birth and has, the, has a predominantly feminine gender identity or presentation. You know, you look at some people, come on now, I'm going to be real. You know I'm going to be, ain't you? And you look at them and you say, they act like they got some sugar in their tank. <laughs> <laughs> that's transfeminine. I'm just saying, that's trans masculine. Is the equivalent term for someone who was assigned a female at birth and has predominantly masculine, masculine gender identity or presentation. you want me to give you an example? You see this person that has on the suppressed attire that suppresses everything down and they look like, you look at them and say, God, man, I'll have her shoulders because you know they're like this. You said, preacher, you know you're going too far. Satan's went too far. We've let Satan do too much for too long in our schools and set back, and in our homes and set back, and said, well, Jesus gonna take care of all that. He's he's in charge. He's gonna he's gonna do all that. Do you think Jesus likes this? He does not. If he was going to fix it, he had already d- done away with it. Matter of fact, he'd never let it come in. So guess what? It's here, and we've got to do something about it. Amen. Now, Dale, glad you're back in here. Glad you'd come back in because I was going to make a point. I was going to make a point, and you walked out. <clears throat> so now that you're back, I'm going to make a point. since I'm still here. Dale, we're talking about transfeminine. Now, look, Dale just lost all the blood in his face. <laughs> Dale, you know where I'm going, don't you? Now remember, trans-feminine is a male who has female characteristics. If you're around Dale, do not... I'm going to back up so you all can see me. Do not put your hand on your hip... I've been slapped three or four. Get your hand off! You, you a woman? No, but I was resting. Dale leaves no room for error when it comes to being a trans feminist. So if you're struggling with that, go hang out with Dale about two or three days. He'll help you in that area. You won't have any mannerisms that resemble that. Okay, that's for women. Amen. Sorry, I'm picking on you, Dale. Uh, xenogender is an umbrella term for gender identities that are described with terms outside of standard human understandings of gender, kind of like all them others. that just outside of human understanding. I mean, seriously, think about this. They're writing this, and th- those that they've already talked about, that's already outside of normal human understanding. This, this, you ain't got to be saved. You don't even have to know that there is a God or Jesus to know that there's two identities, and that's it. And now some person comes up with this xenogender, and it's above, it's beyond our human understanding. You think these gender identities are typically defined metamorphically or in relation um, in relation to animals? Plants, things, or uh, sensory characteristics, rather than male and female. They're right. I agree with this art of this particular passage uh, paragraph. I don't understand it. (laughs) It's beyond my human ability to understand. I don't get it at all. So let's look at. uh, I got several scriptures. I want to give you so that if you come, if your kids come home, your grandkids come home, and you hear some of this terminology, you, you, you need to know how to fight it. You need to know, say, whoa, wait just a minute. We need to sit down and talk, okay? So I want to give you, um, I didn't number them, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's at least eight. There's, there's hundreds in the Bible, but I've got eight that will cover everything I've talked about this morning, okay? Eight. Passages of Scripture that deal with confused identity. Amen? How many of you know if we have confused identity, we have to have a solution to fix the confused identity? So if you have a problem, you got to have a... If you don't like the problem, you got to have a solution for it. And then you have to put the solution into practice in order to dissolve the problem. Does that that make sense? Okay? So I'm going to give you some solutions, some word of God that will dissolve the problem if taught correctly often. Okay, watch. Genesis chapter one, right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-seven. So God created man. Now when it says man there, it's 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 a word that we can say that's humanity, not not woman or 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 Female, male or female, it's humanity, okay? So God created man <clears throat> in his own image, okay? So he created humanity in his own image. So we're, 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 we have the characteristics of, of God. And then it says, in the image of God, he created him, male and female and transfeminine, transgender, okay? He created him, them, male and female. He created them, period. End of statement. It's what God says. It's what the Word of God says. There are no other. You can read the whole Bible, and there's no other other identity group. Okay? Number one, so Genesis chapter 1, verse 20. Number two, Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5. If you were wondering if this is okay, um, if you if you think that that drag queens are okay, it's just oh they're just they're just nutcases. Well, you got that part right. They're demonically possessed. I, I said that, not oppressed. They're possessed. People who do this, drag queens, they're possessed of Satan. Watch this. Here's what the Bible says. A woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Drag queen hour, story hour at your local library is an abomination to the Lord. Abomination means a strong hate or dislike. When the Lord has to make a statement that that is an abomination to me, it's serious. So if if, if you're into watching drag queens on television, if you have a fantasy of dressing up like a woman or a woman dressing up like a man, You need Jesus to forgive you of your sins. You need that demon cast out of you because it's a demon possessed body. Preacher, I didn't even know we even talked about demons anymore. And and, and is that real? Sure it's real. They're as real as you sitting in that pew. Demons are real. We don't like to do that because we don't want to address them because we don't want to get in God's word and Live right so we can overcome them. Cast them out. Okay, here we go. Here's the number 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 three. Mark 10, 27. But from the beginning, this is New Testament if you don't like the Old Testament. In the New Testament says Mark 10 27 says, But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Male and female. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says this. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Then it begins to give you a list of things that says if you practice these, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. Here they are. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. You, you, You can't be a practicing homosexual and be a Christian at the same time. Now, you may be dealing with some tendencies. You can get saved and you may deal with some things, but a practicing homosexual, you cannot find where that, you get to go to heaven with that. Amen. Lesbianism, same thing. Can you, can you get saved and can you get delivered? Absolutely. Can you get stay, saved and still struggle with something? Sure, just like you struggle with lying or adultery or lust, yes. I'm saying someone who makes a decision. I'm going to stay in this lifestyle. They're not a Christian. We can debate for, till Jesus Christ comes back, where is the line of when they get to go to heaven when they're struggling with this? I don't know. We have to fall on mercy and grace in that area is all I can tell you. But I can tell you this, if you're true blood-bought, born-again child of God in your heart and you're trying Grace and mercy covers you. Mm-hmm. This would be a good place for me to sing right here. Kind of break the tension. I mean, it just like, it's just like a cold, cold north wind came in and just froze over the lake. Bang! Matthew 19, verse 4 and 5 says this. He answered. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and and said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Homosexual marriage is wrong. Homosexual marriage of any type, male to male, female, female, whatever you want to call it, male to furry, I, I don't know. Whatever it is you want to do. It's wrong. it's sin. It, it, is, it is ungodly. God did not design that way. It is not OK to have Steve and Steve for a mom and daddy. They're confused in their identity. It, it, it's not OK. It's, it's not okay for two women to raise a kid, and, and, and they say, well I got two mommies. N- no, no, you don't. Th- that is not the case. It's okay to have two mommies if you've been divorced and you've got a stepmother and stuff. It's okay there, I, I, amen. But to have mom and daddy be two of the same sex, it is not right. It is not godly. It is not biblical. It is demonic in nature. It is demonically driven. And it stays alive by practicing demonic practices called sin. Praise the Lord. I'm going to say it. Two same-sex, I ain't going to look at nobody. Two, <laughs> y'all me think, what are they doing now? Two same-sex couples cannot multiply and be fruitful as the Bible tells us to be when we get married. It is impossible. It don't fit. It doesn't work. Well, but I know someone who was, you know, there was two females and somebody got artificially inseminated. Yeah, but there was a man somewhere. They might not know him, but he was part of the equation, guaranteed. As Justin, what was his note, The cook used to be. Right? Okay, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Romans one twenty six verse twenty seven kind of tells us where we are today. I don't want to go there first. I want to go to Leviticus chapter 20. I'm throwing a wrench in you back there, Tyler. I'm sorry. Go to the next. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13. And then we're going to go to Genesis 22, uh, Genesis 2 after that. And then we'll go back. <laughs> Tyler says, shut up. You're confusing me. I got you. We're going to Leviticus 20, 13. It says, if a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed abomination. A strong hatred or dislike from the Lord. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. Now this is old covenant. If you practice an old covenant, you just died right there. I'm sure God likes it. If a man lies with another man, it's an abomination. And the Lord says, put him to death. Well, if we look at Old Covenant and physically they would put him to death, New Covenant is this, if, if, if you practice homosexuality, you will spiritually die. You may not physically die, but you will spiritually die. You will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Genesis 2.24. Man, you are having the time of your life, aren't you? Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Sound like we read that a while ago, we didn't. He's trying to get a point across. Let's go to Romans 1, and 27. Leave, can you come to the piano? Is this a piano moment kind of thing? Is this a I have to ask my spiritual people here to help me? Is this a spiritual moment? I mean, should we have a piano? Is this something we, we just say, amen? And everybody runs out. I don't know. This always feels better when honey's behind me. <laughs> Romans 1, 26 and 27 says this. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. And he's fixing to list the reasons why he gave them up to dishonorable passions. For the women exchange natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. Women exchange the natural use of their body that is contrary to nature and try to do something else with it. Let me let me tell you this there's only one creator, his name is Jesus, his name is Yahweh, his name is Elohim. There's one creator, everything after Genesis, the creation, has only can only be taken from what has already been created. And in this case, the creation that was created, man and woman, has been perverted by Satan. Because see, Satan cannot create another gender, another identity. He can't create anything, nothing. He's not a creator. He is a created being. So he has to borrow, if you will, from what God has already created, say a woman or a man, and has to twist and pervert that in a sinful nature because he is sinful. And he perverts that into a sinful way and then tries to get people to buy into it to say, well, God created us this way. No, God did not create you that way or create me that way. He created me perfectly. He created me to have affections toward women. Come on. And females to have affection toward males. Come on. Watch this. And verse, uh, still continue in verse 26 27. And men, and the men likewise, gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men. And receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. God is trying to get across that this thing, homosexuality and transgenderism and transfeminine and transmasculine and all, all of the other identities, he, that, that he, He's trying to tell us that i am given them up over and, and it's going to get worse. If Jesus doesn't return, your children and grandchildren will be shuffled off on a, on, on, to a school down a hallway to a teacher that has been indoctrinated and says, If you don't teach this, we don't get our monies. And if we don't get our monies, we close the school. So you must teach this false doctrine. And we, like good little human beings, Good little mamas and daddies and grandparents just round up our little children, put them on the yellow bus and say, Now you go now. You let them know who Jesus is. We never crack a Bible. We never dig into this terminology. We hear it and say, Oh, isn't that terrible? Isn't that terrible, Dale? <laughs> you knew it's coming. Isn't that just terrible? I can't believe that is sick to my stomach. Make me sick to my stomach. Fifteen minutes later, we've forgotten about it. If you hear of that in our local schools, march your happy little Christian hind end right down there to that school. Tell them what the Bible says and get ready for hell to break loose in your life. They ain't gonna like it. church is so whooped as long as it don't affect me if I can get to go worship and get my worship on in the morning as long as I it ain't gonna cost me anything is it you know I got a job I mean golly I don't want to be known as that parent who's that weirdo that goes and talks to the school board about their parents I used to be on the school board be a weirdo because weirdos get stuff done that's what you think. The loud mouth gets stuff done. Come on, I know. Church, it's time that we start covering our children in prayer and bathing them with intercession when they're at the school. says, so ask questions. I'm not trying to tell you how to parent. I'm just trying to tell you how to parent. I'm doing the same thing to my kids, my grandkids. It's, it's time that we say, you know what? It's not about me anymore. It's not about my inconveniences anymore. This thing is too rampant. We've gotten too far down this pipe. It's, it's a slippery slope. It's like a water slide, man, and we're, we're going. But, you know, you can stop on a water slide. All you got to do is put your hands out right up on that dry part of the water slide. Now, it'll burn like crazy. You hear all that squeaking and squeaking. You can stop it, but it's going to be painful. That's my my point. It's going to be painful. I'm not telling you that this, oh, you're going to talk to them. They're just going to, oh, you know, you're right. We've just been waiting on you to show up. And glory, you brought the Bible. And that's what it says. Glory to God. Amen. We're changing everything. No, it's not going to be that easy. Church, I'm here to tell you that it is time we start having good, intimate Conversations about who Jesus is in our children's lives when they're babies. You say they don't understand baloney. The other night, and I close with this story. The other night, last Sunday night, we were, every Sunday night, Lexi spends the night with us. I'm so glad I got grandkids right now because I can relate to all you that have parents, you parents that have kids. Man, just God orchestrated that. I believe that. So we're laying in bed and I always tell her stories about when I was a kid. She always promised me, now, Papa, don't go to sleep till you, you come tell me stories. I said, well, you better make that quick, baby, because when I go lay down, it's happening pretty quick. <laughs> so we swim, we get out, we shower, and we go and get ready, and we tell stories of things and if I miss a detail, one detail, find one detail on a story I may have told a hundred times, she remembers it. And if I start the story, say, well, when I was a little boy and I start there, she said, but how old were you? <laughs> well, I think I was like 12. Papa, I thought you said you were 11. <laughs> Either way. So I'm telling a story the other night and we're talking about life and my, my father When I was 13, let's see, 14, I guess. You can ask me later. My father was buried alive. And he lived. He's alive today, as you well know. But I told her that story several times. And now she wants to hear, tell me the story of Gramps being buried alive. She loves the story. Because, see, the story wasn't about being buried alive necessarily. The story has a strange twist. So we, all this happens, he's at the hospital now. And I tell her, I said, I remember my mom come to get me and my older brother. And we're walking down the hallway. And I said, and there were so many people down each side of this hospital hallway. They were lined up. And she said, who were they? Were they your friends? I said, yeah, they were my friends and your grand's friends and your gramps' friend. What were they doing? And I said, sweetie, they were praying. I said, see, we went to church and we had a great church family. You know like we got at our church? Uh-huh. And she, and she said, well, what were they praying? I said, that God would heal your gramps. She's there and caught me off guard. Eddie, she caught me off guard. She said, does God hear me when I pray? She's four. I said, sweetheart, he sure does. I said, matter of fact, sweetheart, I think he hears you as a little child more than he hears me sometimes. She says, so when I pray for something, do you think that whatever I ask, he's going to do? I said, oh, yes, I do. See, that's what the Bible teaches us. See, these are those intimate moments that you can take a life story and you can ingrain it in your kid to say, when I pray, he hears me. She says, Well, what happened? She doesn't quite, she gets stuff and it's like a God moment, and then she says, but did he live? You've been to his house a hundred times, yes. You know it's what you want to. See. You say sure he lived, yeah, uh huh. Because we prayed and God delivered him and healed him. And the kids are awesome. She said, "Well, when did he come home?" You know they ask all kind of questions. I don't know the date. So I start telling the story about when he came. I said, I don't know, but I said, when we came home, he was in a wheelchair. She says, I thought he healed him. Come on, somebody. <laughs> she wasn't believing like we do as part healers. She won't know why he wasn't walking out. Come on. If we had the faith of a child. And then the story takes a strange twist, and I'll close with this statement, and then I'm going to bless you. This intimate, teary-eyed moment, Mike. She's laying on a pillow, just blue eyes, blonde hair, just beautiful. She looks over at me and she says, Papa, you have a big nose. <laughs> End of story. See, that moment was there just for that opportunity. God left the room when she said, Papa, you have a big nose. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, you ruined the moment. My point is this. You'll have those moments to speak into your kids and into your grandkids. And there'll be a split moment. And you take advantage of it right then. In the lifetime of the opportunity, you must seize the opportunity. You, you, won't have, you may not get that next time. You may be there first. God's setting you up and you get to speak to them about Jesus and how Jesus created them, how, who Jesus is before the world gets a hold of them. Don't take it lightly. Don't dread laying down with your kids or your grandkids or spending moments with them and talking to them about those things. Don't say, I ain't got time. They'll tell you you got a big nose if you got a big nose. Amen. Look, I hope you've gotten something out of today. I hope you hear my heart. Because there's some stuff going on, church. Right here. Amen. Thank you. Right here. Right in your family. If it's not there, look, please, please hear me when I say this. Watch what your kids are watching on the little cartoon videos before they get to see it. Please do look if you don't do me a favor please and i know some of you are great parents and you do that but if you have other children watch what they what they're you got to help your 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 neighbor cuz they may not care but little, your little child is going to go over there and visit with them. And guess what? They're going to learn. And I'm not saying seclude them. I'm, t- I'm telling you, get them ready for what they're going to face. They're going to face it. I w- I'm not in for seclusion. I'm not in for ho- hoarding our kids up and not letting them know what's going on. But I want them to know what's going on from a biblical point of view, not what the world says. It's a big difference. So please... Don't stick an iPad in front of your child's face and say, you watch that while you're doing something whatever. Please don't do that. Please, please ask questions. Please be involved in your kids' lives. It had not been that long ago I was a youth pastor. It wasn't near as rampant then. I can only imagine now. Please do yourself and your child a favor. Know what's going on in their life. Amen. I love you. And, and I, I pray you you got something out Is this a parent? Is this a grandparent? A great grandparent? Whatever. I pray you get something out of this. You've taken something from this. Even if it's a challenge for you to say, I'm going to dig deep. And I'm going to have a rebuttal for everything that the world throws at my kid when it talks about gender identity. I'm going I'm to refute that with the word of God. If that's the only challenge you leave with, praise God. Amen. I love you. I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, I hope you got something out of it. If you didn't, amen, don't send me anything, okay? Glory to God. I love you anyway. Will you stand with us?